What's going on, everybody? Again, I'm sorry about the intro, but I mean, hey, who better to listen to the man, Adam Calhoun? Calhoun, uh, Dan here, aka Red. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you, and this probably this is not the first time I mentioned it. It's gonna be the first time I go into a little bit more depth about uh what happened to me seven years ago um and i'm gonna talk about the future of the show little updates what's going on unfortunately we haven't really raised any kind of money uh to help out man and i like i said i know 39 dollars is not a lot but right now it is a lot of money for uh myself it's been a rough, rough couple of months. And anybody out there trying to struggle, man, you just got to keep on fighting, keep on pushing through, and don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I've always been afraid to do that for the longest time. Um, sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to, you know, reach your hand out and hope somebody grabs on and pulls you up. That's just a part of life. So... Right now, I, I'm going to try my hardest to keep this going for at the very least. Uh, I mean, as long as I can. But like I said, it's going to it's rough, man. It's not easy. Um, but I'm going to keep on fighting to try to do it. Uh, we do have a GoFundMe account. The link is going to be um, in the description section along with anything else that we talk about today so it's been crazy and i apologize man i've been wanting to get on here i guess i've been uh been a little bit on the downside honestly uh you know not having i guess the turnaround that i was hoping for you know trying to get that little extra help help out things have been crazy rough and like i said it's 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 almost been like a, a stream of bad luck just but the craziest things happening somehow months upon months later uh later nationwide still ain't picking up you know it still ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing it, we buy insurance just in case accidents or thefts like that happen and it's it sucks it really does when they do, because it throws a wrench into everything. 
who the hell wants to spend money on renting a car and then spend money on, you know, buying another vehicle, especially when, you know, you're happy with what you got. Um, but Nationwide has completely dropped a ball and not helped whatsoever. It's, it blows my mind how they can let something like this. Their slogan is Nationwide is on your side. And they have not been on my side. They've accused me plenty of times saying I'm somehow behind it. But y'all, if you use common sense, how's that? How do you figure that? I have a thousand dollar deductible, which is garbage. And then I had to, my very first day, I paid $450 to rent a vehicle for the first week. I had to rent one for a couple months. I'm way over the price of whatever you could get for one of those stupid ass catalytic converters. And number one, the damn deductible is over the price. And then it, to uh, top it all off, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the description as well. There was a police chase in Houston, Texas, because somebody got caught stealing a catalytic converter. It's like, you know what? Just use your damn brain, man, really. There's people out here that are struggling, have a hard time, and all we're asking you to do is do your job. That's it. I, I'm so sorry that I even use Nationwide. And I got these jokesters that are representatives that aren't doing anything for me. Whatsoever. I don't know how many times I called the one dude, Randy, up. Doesn't call me back. Doesn't let me know. And I'm so sick and tired of it. I really, really am. It's just a bunch of BS. Like I said, there's people out there struggling. We need every dime we could save. And meanwhile, you know, we get, had to move out of the apartment that we had uh, that we could have kept if we weren't paying extra money for a freaking rent a vehicle. All you had to do was fix my damn car. I saw I was asking for it. Re replace the Cadillac converter. If not, then give me another option. I mean, damn. How is it that you that's y'all can't find anything else to do? We're May. This happened back in December 2020. How ridiculous is that? Y'all should be doing your job. Not trying to find a way around it. Find a way not to do your job. Do your job. Oh, suspicious. It seems suspicious because you just got your, your insurance policy. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I know I just got it. I moved from used guy. I, I moved from a great company who I should have never left. I should have just stuck with it. But I wanted to try another company. I wanted to see, you know, what it was. And uh, I moved from State Farm, who was a great company. I really wish I never left y'all. Uh, every time if I locked my keys in the car, they would come in a heartbeat. Uh, if I needed a tow, they towed it for free, no charge. 
and limited. I can't even tell you how many times I use that. Because unfortunately, I had vehicles that broke down. Never, not one complaint, not one issue. Not at all. I hit nationwide, and the slogan is, again, nationwide is by your side, and it's a bunch of BS. They don't care about you whatsoever, and I'm going straight facts. I got documentation to back it up. I got texts from these people saying, oh, well, it looks suspicious uh, because you just got it, and it was the Cadillac converter, and yo, listen, bottom line, you can't get the, the, the money I spent from rental vehicles then I had to take the the money I was investing from Dogcoin that I bought in 2019. I wanted to hold on to at the very at the very least until it hit a dollar. But I, I in my heart, I knew it's going to hit way more. I, I guarantee within the next couple of years it's going to go up to 100 dollars. I can almost bet anything on it, and I was betting anything on it. Over sixty thousand. Freaking stocks, over 60,000 shares, I mean. And then the timing just happened to be we were such in such a bad spot because Nationwide not doing anything, couldn't get my own car back, had to be forced to rent a vehicle over and over again because Nationwide can't step up to play and do what their job is, do what they're paid for. It looks suspicious. Yeah, okay, man, whatever. No, unfortunately, it happened within the time that I was uh, I, I was your customer. And trust me, that will never be a mistake of mine again. I would never be a part of you. Never. I would want nothing to do with your company. This issue still is not resolved at all. They wanted my customers, like they wanted all the, the numbers that were inside my phone. No, but sorry, man. All, all the numbers are pretty much my customers. About 90% of those numbers are customers. So no, you can't have them. You're not going to call them up and then mess up what I worked hard to get. It's not going to happen. You're not messing up my reputation. Unfortunately, you know, business is slow. It's been slow for a while. And I honestly, I wish I stayed in North Carolina. Moving to Texas was a uh, stupid decision by me. It really was, man. And I can't see this happening. I'm not sure. I should really look up the stats. But I, this didn't happen to me the whole time in North Carolina. Mainly because North Carolina is really like the wild, wild west. It kind of deters people from doing stupid things a, a lot of the times. But don't get me wrong. There's bad areas. Uh, there's still thefts and stuff like that. But there's people that second guess. Why? Because you have open carry in North Carolina. You don't need a permit to open carry. You have just as your right as a citizen of this country, they let you open carry in North Carolina. And I think due to that 
circumstance that there's people that second guess, oh man, I don't know if, uh, however long it takes for somebody to move a catalytic converter, do they really want you shot over that? Probably not. Um, or do they want to go to jail if somebody just holds them off with their gun and say, hey, yo, you're staying right here for the cops to come. Caught you an act. I'm going to say no. It's definitely a deterrent. And I believe that that's probably part of the reason why that's never happened in North Carolina. And again, I'm not saying there's no crime because, of course, there is. There's plenty of crime. I mean, things are getting – Fayetteville used to be an extremely bad place, and things have been getting better and better, um, which is great. Um, that's what you need. But when you have a company that, I mean, you hire, really, you're their customer to be your insurance agent or agency, it shouldn't matter how long you're a customer for. Don't get me wrong. If it's like something like, say, life insurance, and all of a sudden that person that was covered on there dies reasonably fast or it looks like suspicious activities, I 100% understand that. But when you have a $1,000 deductible on a vehicle and somebody steals a catalytic converter, and their issue is like, oh, well, they normally cut it right off and what da, 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 they don't try to take off the uh, the bolts. I guess whoever did it tried to take it off, but eventually they actually cut them off. They, they cut that out of there. And they did it. They had to do it reasonably fast because they, they must have get, given up trying to get the bolts off. I guess because of the height, you can actually go underneath there. Um and have some kind of room, but the thing is this, I just, it, it aggravates me because somebody, maybe it was a new person doing it and they didn't know how to do it. And they're like, nah, man, you're supposed to cut it or, or whatever it is. They did it fast enough. I was maybe, I went to Academy Sports, uh, one of the many that are in Houston, um, by the Southwest Freeway and I went in there during Christmas time. I was just trying to figure out, like, look at other Christmas presents and get some more ideas. And I, I would stop in Academy all the time. I'm just a huge fan of Academy Sports. I think they have a lot of cool stuff in there for some pretty decent prices. I mean, nothing crazy. Uh, so I went in there to check out Christmas, around Christmas stuff. And I come out. I was only in there for, I'd say, around 35 minutes, maybe. And sure enough, somebody was able to take my Kali converter. Now, at first, at first, I didn't really know. That's what it was. I, I realized right away that there is the volume wise. My Honda element was being super loud. Now, 
a week prior, I went and got the oil changed and they did an inspection. Now, I'm not sure what to do for the inspection, like if they lose some bolts or anything like that. But in my head, I'm like, oh, they must have just loosened some bolts and I'll just I'll go back to the place, you know, the next day, um, see if they can fix it real quick and whatnot. But it was getting louder and louder and louder. And I'm like, man, what the hell is like, what is that? Why is it being so loud? Um, and I was on my way actually to, uh, the mechanic from, to make a payment for two on my fiance's car. And wouldn't you know it, it was just got, it was just so loud. And like, I could feel when I'm pressing the gas, like it just being way louder than it should. I'm like, dang, what the, did did my <laughs> I thought my exhaust fell off or something. I'm like, what the, what the hell? So I get there, I make the payment, I look underneath the car because I'm like curious to see what the hell is going on. Because if the exhaust fell off or maybe it's loose or whatnot, I didn't want it to. My whole my whole worry is I didn't want it to go through my floor. So I was like, dang. All right. Um, I go underneath to see what we got going on, and I've seen the whole front of my exhaust system is gone. Now, as I'm underneath, there's a tow truck uh, that pulls in. And the driver gets out. I guess sees me looking underneath, and I was like, hey, man, you all right? Do you need any help with anything? I'm like, wow, somebody, the whole front end of my exhaust is gone. Somebody took my exhaust. And he's like, oh, no, that that they took your, you know, catalytic converter. I'm like, ah, damn it. Um. So I know that's something that you need to have in your vehicle to pass a lot of these uh, inspections and whatnot. So I was just like, oh, crap. All right. So I, I was looking at it and I honestly got very lucky because the way that the back end of my exhaust was actually hanging, um, it was on an angle and it could have hit the street at any time and probably sent it through the floor of my truck and who knows what would have happened um and I've, i i noticed issues also with my brakes now I, I didn't know if they were connected or if maybe it was just past due for me to do my brakes but or uh before this there was somebody that uh cut in front of me like legitly cut in front of me and and um, inches away. So I slammed my brakes on and afterwards my brakes weren't working as good. So there was that. So the very next, so I called the cops that day, um, try to talk to them. And I, I guess they, were, they had a busy day or whatnot. So they're like, is there any way, you know, you call tomorrow, uh, where this took place and uh, we'll get we'll send an officer there. So I did that. So I, I went back and forth the next day with like different uh, either the police department and the sheriff's department. And finally, all right, they're like, all right, uh, it's this sheriff's department. We'll, we're going to send uh, the deputy to you. He's going to take your statement and ask you a couple questions and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I was like, OK, no problem. Um, they send out. The deputy talks to me, took, I believe he took a couple pictures. 
um, how to answer some questions. And I also found out that he ended up going in talking to the, the store and looking at the footage of, you know, whatever they could see. I don't know if they actually seen somebody messing with my car or if they've seen somebody, you know, move in there. The, the, the crazy part is before I went into the Academy sports, I happened to notice there's two police officers there. So I didn't really worry about it. Uh, they were facing each other, you know, side by side, um, and the drivers facing each other so they could talk. But I did notice there was two giant freaking trucks next to me when I came back. And I think there might have been a van, I want to say, that was in front. So that could have blocked them from seeing anything that could possibly be going on that looked suspicious. But who knows, man. So I do that. Then I, you know, so then I call the insurance company, let the insurance company know what happened. Uh, and the person I told to was like, oh, wow, sounds dangerous to drive. You should probably, you know, rent a vehicle, get this to the mechanic's place. And I told them the mechanic place I, I wanted to send it to because at that time it wasn't too far uh, from my house. And I took it a couple of times to get the oil changed. So we go through that whole process. I do everything I'm supposed to do. And they're there. I call up a couple times and finally somebody gets back to me, uh, talk to a, you know, a new person and they're they're like, hey, all right, I'm going to be uh, – I talked to a lady. A lady said she's one of the people in charge. Then I believe a week passes by, and she goes, well, actually, it's been flagged by somebody. Uh, they think it looks suspicious. Um, she herself said she doesn't understand how it looks suspicious because it looks like – she's been dealing with, I guess, a lot of the catalytic converter uh, um, thefts through nationwide. So she knows it looks like one of the, you know, just one of the standard things. And I'm like, uh, all right, well, whatever, hopefully they can, you know, figure out something soon. Um, lady calls me up. Hey Dan, um, you know, we still haven't received a police report yet. Is there any way maybe you could try to, you know, do that? Well, that's me taking time out of my day, trying to make money, which is hard at the, especially hard to do. Um, because business wasn't going super fast. So I was like, all right, I, I guess I don't have an option. Uh, after a while, I end up doing that. Uh, so I went to the police station. They're like, no, you got to do it online. So I was like, all right. So I talked to the lady and she said, uh, I said, oh, well, they told me that you have to do it online. So she actually stayed on the phone with me. I walked her through what had to be done. And then she did it. Still a week, I believe it was a week, week and a half later, nothing. So then I do it. Nothing. So we, I, I figured, well, it might take some time for whatever reason, maybe because they have a lot of this going on. Maybe they have to do it like maybe it's not done yet, you know, whatever. Just trying to figure out reasons why this isn't finished off yet. Well, then finally... Um, Somebody come, uh, I call up, check on it, nothing. I'm like, all right, you know what? I got to figure this out. So I did it again, Paul the information in there again. A week later, the information comes back. Now that's this is in February. 
now. So we're from December to February. I sent over the copy to uh, the three people I was dealing with, the, the lady I'm no longer able to deal with. Uh, so this guy, Randy. And, um, man, you know what? I actually forget the other guy's name. And I've, I've messaged uh, them repeatedly and called repeatedly. And, uh, oh, the, the other person's name is Jared. That's right. So Jared from Nationwide um, and Randy from Nationwide. So now I talk to this guy, Randy, and then I'm getting the, he's talking to me and, and accusing me of being saying it's suspicious, uh, pretty much accused me of stealing my own cow like a verter. So, yeah, I got heated. I was pissed, man. I don't. The way I was raised is you work for what you got, you know, bust your butt as long as you can. You never steal. Stealing is not an option. Um, which, why the hell would somebody steal from themselves? I, I don't know. And then report, I, I don't know, man. It, it makes no sense. So talk to him, got mad, got off the phone, uh, talked to Jared a couple times and, and Jared, you know, I, I never, we never got into any kind of like arguments, talked to him. Uh, and it just came down. He's well, Randy's Randy's the guy. Randy's eyes says yes or no. This, and I'm just like, dude, what's the issue with this? Why is this such a problem? Is it that you know? And I, if I could get a lawyer to figure out how to fight this, I would. I would love to because it's so aggravating. But I don't have the money for a lawyer. I've have no money for this it just and it pisses me off that a big company like nationwide can't stand by what they say it's really false advertising folks they advertise that nationwide is by your side but you know what they're not they don't give a damn about you you're just another paycheck to them you're just a money sign that's it they don't care about you i can't ha say how many times i, I email them now, again, weeks ago, it was supposed to be a customer uh, complaint, I guess, or whatever, our specialist email. I got nothing back, yet nothing back. I complained multiple times on social media. They don't care whatsoever. And that's what blows my mind. You're supposed to help us out, dude, especially a time like this. You have COVID-19 and then still Texas. We got hit with that freaking crazy winter storm that took most of us out because they didn't do the uh, the freaking dude. I froze my tail off that when that happened, just like all the, a lot of people did. A lot of people were so unfortunate because they lost electric. They had water pipes busting in their house because they froze over because they didn't have the heat. They couldn't have the heat on to keep the you know their house warm and their pipes warm so they didn't freeze over. Because Texas is not built for coldness like that. It, it's just not. And you can't blame because they never really got coldness like that before. 
And now you have jokers that are supposed to be an insurance company that's supposed to help you out, not trying to help you out whatsoever. That's that's what gets to me. A hundred percent. That's what really gets to me. That you have a company that's an insurance company and their motto is nationwide is by your side and they're not even close. They don't care. Not one single solitary bit. And that's what aggravates the heck out of me, man. You know what? And I guess I'll just go into this because like I said, still today, nothing's done about it. It's my, my vehicle's not fixed. They've done nothing to, you know, accommodate the situation whatsoever. And to me, it just, it really it just blows my mind that they could get away with it. And that's what's happening. They're getting away with this a hundred percent. And nobody, nobody, you know, was doing anything about it. Um, it's been a rough, crazy seven years to say the least. So here's my story. All right. I was working as a uh, assistant lumberyard manager, and basically what my job was is to, you know, make sure the yard crew was good to go, make sure that the drivers and the trucks were good to go, and um, make sure that pretty much when I say the trucks, not just making sure that they're having their maintenance like they're supposed to and they're able to stay on the road, but make sure they're ready for the deliveries and you have everything loaded on the truck, good to go at the time they're supposed to be. Dealing with the customers right there, helping them out uh, whatever way I can. And, uh, you know, that, that was my job. It was, it was a pretty fun job. It was a hard working job, but I actually, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a very cool job. Um, and I started, you know, just as a regular, uh, lumberyard guy. And then I got promoted to assistant lumberyard manager because, you know, whatever the, the manager at the time, uh, really didn't like that position. And he, uh, you know, wanted to go back and be a salesperson. It's less stress. 100% and the less did you have to deal with. And then we had another another person that was just trouble after him. So then they're like, they were looking for somebody in that, in that time that they looked for somebody. I was temporarily filling that spot. And then finally I got uh, promoted. So there was an overall manager of the whole thing. Then you had the yard manager who pretty much uh, his job was just to focus on the trucks and map out deliveries, who would get what. And then there was the assistant yard manager who I was in. I was in charge of inventory and everything else. Drivers, uh, training for the, the yard guys, all that stuff. Well, one morning, I uh, got to work nice and early. We had... One of our regulars come in, they're like, hey, uh, we need to get another 16-foot piling. Uh, I believe it's 16 by 16. So when I say that, it's like 16, one of our 16-footers that were, it was either 12, 
uh, wide, a 12, 12 inch radius or a 16 inch radius. I, I can't remember. Uh, but they're like, hey, this one's just too perfect. And unfortunately, the thing that they had to put on had like a bend to it. So it wouldn't fit right on a perfectly round piling. So they need something that was like shaped a little bit more. So we took the whole piling uh, pile apart to find this specific piling. Checked it out. All right, everything worked good. Unloaded the old one, started loading the new one up. But as we unloaded the old one, we noticed that the truck rack that we're putting this thing on is not in good shape. It's bending inward. And we can't do what we would normally do, which would just be like slightly drop, like kind of drop it, but roll it onto the truck rack and bam, we're good to go. We're done. Uh, so we had to physically pick this thing up. That was a little bit over 300 pounds. It was me and this, this young kid that was, I think it was like 19. Um, pick it up, put it on the truck rack by hand. Well, now we have our arms fully extended because we're going from there and then to the truck rack. So mine's, my, my arms are all the way up holding this thing up above my head. And unfortunately, the kid that was doing it with me lost his grip and the whole thing came slamming down. It went onto the truck rack, slammed on the truck rack. But before it hit the truck rack, it smacked down on my neck and hit me on the side, on, on my left side. Um so I look and this truck rack now is um, starting to bend inwards. And my fear is that the kid was going to get caught underneath it. So I scream for them to, to get out, to tie it off. I'm like, get out of there, get out of there, tie it off. Let's go. You got to tie it off. Meantime, I'm hearing everything. I'm hearing cracks going on in my neck, you know, but my, my adrenaline's pumping and going. Uh, they got it tied down and I was lucky enough, I guess, from the adrenaline to make it inside my office. But when I made it to my office, uh, I pretty much collapsed to the floor. Um, I remember one of the guys see me on the, on the ground. I couldn't really talk. And went, they went and got help. Uh, as they went and got help, the place that I was working for decided not to call the emergency room, not to call the EMTs. They decided that they were going to call the uh, – Actually, they weren't going to call anybody. They decided they were going to put me in a pickup, not in the back of the pickup, but in the pickup. I couldn't couldn't walk uh, like on my own. I had the two of the drivers like place me in there and in, in the truck, nice and in the cab of the truck, nice and easy. And then uh, took me to emergency, uh, not emergency care, but a quick care. It still happened that there was a person there. Well, I knew one person that worked there, but I didn't realize there was a second person that I knew that worked there as well that happened to be there that day. The other person, thankfully, wasn't there because it probably would have, you know, really upset her. Um, and they got me there. I couldn't walk. They brought me straight to the back. The doctor 
uh, happened normally as a trauma doctor. He happened to be there uh, that that day. I was super lucky. And then they were trying to say the person in charge of the, of the company, the business I worked for, try to, they told the driver to say that I fell off an eight-foot ladder and landed on my neck. Doctor didn't buy that one did. He's just, there's no possible way that that's what happened. Number one, it's, it's the way it was, I guess, is almost impossible for that to happen. Uh, just because you normally put your hands up, your arms up to block you from smacking your face or the side of your head. I mean, you can't, you can't help if you hit the back of your head a lot of times because people don't normally tuck their chin in. But then, then he goes, listen, man, we have to uh, get a helicopter and bring him to a trauma center. So you need to tell me what happened because this is what we're doing. Finally, they go and tell, you know, they're honest. He actually calls the company first and he tells them what's going on, you know, what has to be done. He goes, all right, yeah, tell him, definitely tell him what happened. Tells him what happened. Doctor goes, okay, this makes more sense. So uh, he's trying to talk to me the whole time. Let me know what's happening and whatnot. And uh, they end up getting the uh, EMT picks me up, brings me to the one hospital. I don't go in the hospital. They're just bringing me to the hospital for the helipad because that's where the helicopter's waiting to uh, put me in. So they take me. Uh, from there, I go into the helicopter. I don't really remember a lot of the ride. I remember kind of being scared uh, just because my face was so close, like, to whatever. I guess I was in the tail section, maybe. So, it, like, I was just like, man, this thing's super close to my face. And then they would pull me out and talk to me um, and, you know, g give me shots, a shot for pain or whatever. Um And going to the hospital, doing uh, x-rays right away, I, I think a CAT scan uh, right away. Um, stayed in the hospital for seven days to try to do physical therapy, but I was having an issue where I couldn't walk on my own. Um, so they gave me a walker, and I would have some, somebody, they would have somebody legitimately hold on to me. Because for whatever reason, I couldn't counterbalance myself. So what happened was my C5 and C6 pushed into my spinal cord, messed up, uh, pretty much messed up my ability to, 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 I guess, counterbalance myself so where I could walk on my own and I'll be fine. Um, two months later, well, seven days later, I'm out. I have to then move in with my parents, my mother and father, so they could take care of me. Uh, they had a, we had a nurse, um, that would come in and help me, you know, get ready for the day, take medicine, wash up, stuff like that. And the, um, two months later, I, uh, got the surgery, got uh, a fusion and they, they pretty much, they took the C5 and C6, pulled it off of my spinal cord, uh, to relieve, I guess, that pressure and then did the fusion through the front of my neck. And uh, it was uh, crazy. So it's around seven months uh, for me to learn 
how to walk completely on my own again. I had to... I would get mad at myself a lot during physical therapy. Um, because you know what? You're used to doing things. And, you're, of course, you're used to doing things on your own. And you're supposed to be, you know, you're used to able to, to be able to walk. I could barely lift my freaking legs up, like, two inches to make it over these little two-inch steps uh, that they would put on the floor for me to, to learn how to walk again. In the meantime, like, I'm, like, I just – you know, six months prior to this accident or within six, just weeks prior to this accident, I was doing professional wrestling, you know, like WWF, WWE, professional wrestling, AEW, professional wrestling. Um, and I did that for like 13 years. I loved it. There's not a second. I didn't, I didn't matter if there was five people in the audience or, you know, a couple hundred people in the audience. I loved it because it was just the, the way the fans reacted. It was cool. It was a great feeling to, to feed off of. It was just amazing. It's hard to describe, honestly. Uh, I'm trying my best, but it's really hard to describe. Um, and I was playing semi-pro football too. So I was very active all the time. So, you know, part of the, the drills and the training for football is you have to do, you know, the ladder or – uh, you know, the footwork drills. So in my head, I'm like, I shouldn't be able to do this. I was just doing this not that long ago. Why are my, my, my legs and my body listening to me in the way I would like them to? Um, so then, you know, I kept on fighting, kept on fighting, kept on fighting through it to, uh, try to get better and try to get better. And, uh, I got, like I said, I got super mad at myself. I know I was probably a giant pain, but to the physical therapist, I'm sure, uh, all of them. Cause I went to multiple ones. Um, even when I got finished with everything, they sent me back to physical therapy that, that helped me long, but you know, it's been seven years and I could walk, of course, on my own again, I have ish balance issues once in a while, where it's hard for me to stable myself or whatnot. But um, but the thing is, it wasn't just my neck. My, my back got messed up in the process. I've been in pain for seven years. There's not been one day so far that I have not been in pain. Not one. I kept on fighting, keep on fighting, keep on fighting, you know, try to – work i could take easily have taken the normal way out i'm not gonna say easy way out the normal way out and people just throwing a towel I'm like listen all right i gotta go through disability i can't work no more um but i'm an active guy and i like to be active and i like to work so i fight to do that and you know this last year year and a half has been pure hell for me because it's getting, you know, things are getting worse and worse, uh, harder for me to hold my neck up when I, because what I do, you know, with a, a punch repair and whatnot, it's what I love to do because it's, it's a challenge, uh, every day. Um, you know, lay down, 
uh, you have to lay down a lot, look underneath the machines and see what's going on, see if there's if it's leaking, where it's leaking, or if it's making a grinding noise, you know, check out what's going on. So, you know, laying down and holding my neck up, it has not been all that easy uh, for me at all lately. It's been a huge, giant pain in the ruckus, uh, to say the least. So, you know, I've been trying to fight to do that, but then to even go on disability, you can't work. You can't be making any kind of money, and it could take years. That's how people become homeless. Everybody doesn't have that person that they could be like, all right, well, I have to stop working until I get I get this. And that also for a person myself, that's almost like swallowing my pride. I've always proud of myself and being the person to, you know, try to keep on working, try to keep on pushing and whatnot. And it's hard to try to force yourself to take a step back. But when you're not even in the, the you don't even have the ability to do that. Like you have to, the, the, the government is so slow when it comes to doing a whole disability thing. Like I've already by a judge, I've already been uh, rated one of the highest percentage when it comes to uh, a disability for my, you know, my, my case. So it should be a little bit easier for me to do it. But my whole fear is, is that uh, number one, I don't like, it's almost like throwing in the towel, man. It really is. It's just saying, no, nah, but the pain has been so crappy. Um, sometimes it's hard to push through and that's like my fear right now. I've, I've, I've can't even tell you how many shots I've gotten. I've gotten so many shots in my neck. It's crazy. I finally got a shot in my back, but it's, uh, and a lot of times it's not working me right now. Thankfully, uh, it's, it's helped out a bit, but for how long, you know, I'm 38 years old right now. And it's uh it's rough because you you try to think that all right listen you got to keep on pushing forward fight through it and that's what i try to do all the time and it's just unfortunately it's hard it really is and you know you try to look for answers and try to figure stuff out and you know what can i do to not only keep on moving forward with this but what can i do to um push through this, this pain and, and try to, you know, keep on working. And, uh, we, you know, trying to just go forward period. So, I mean, I've had friends that be like, Hey man, you know, you've been, you went through a rough time. You really, you know, you're an inspiration. I just thank me you know sometimes you keep on going and in my in my head it's just like oh this this battle sometimes feels like it's just about and i've had enough you know uh to when i say that i mean with with trying to you know force myself to do stuff that i 
you force that, I guess, force your body to do stuff where it's just like, ah, oh, dude, it's just, you know, man, the pain. You know, sometimes you have to swallow your pride and just try to get that help. And uh, that's that's another reason why I did the whole GoFundMe thing, because sometimes you just you just need a helping hand. I've always been the guy to tell everybody, you know, uh, if you can't help somebody else out, no matter you know what way, it doesn't matter if it's a little old lady that needs help crossing the road, or as I jokingly always say, uh, you know, elf on a shelf that needs help, you know, reaching something for a top shelf, but. It's a battle every day, you know, and yeah, you got to keep on fighting no matter what. Uh, and some days are definitely harder than others. But at the same time, it's 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 hard to figure it out because there's there's not that helping hand um, all the time. There's not that hand reaching down for you to help you help you, you know, lift you up. And. To make certain decisions, it's like, well, you know, honestly, what in the world do I even do? You know, what are what are my actual legit options? And I know people, man. I, I've I, there's this kid that I watched grow up. He was a, a friend of my nephews and my my cousins and whatnot. And he got into a very bad car accident where he broke like a lot of bones, messed up his back and everything. And he's he's a fighter. He's a he's a strong kid. And we all pretty much around the same time frame. I think his was uh, around. I want to say like eight months before mine. But around the same time frame, got got hurt pretty bad. And um, I'm watching him now, how he fought back and I'm sure he's in a lot of pain too just from different stuff but he was able to fight back and do what he's able to do now is fantastic you know married with family uh, is amazing but at the same time you know it's just like it, it's 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 great to see and it gives you it gives you hope it definitely does. And, you know, thankfully, I, I had at that time when I got her, I had my mom and dad that were there and uh, more than happy to try to help me out as much as they possibly could. While they're going through their own stuff. I mean, my dad, you know, uh, had two different forms of cancer. He um, had a bad heart issues. He ended up having a quadruple bypass uh, while he was fighting Parkinson's. And, you know, Parkinson's disease, uh, watching somebody go through that is is rough. And the strength that he's shown throughout the years, he's always had he always had some kind of health issues. But the the strength that he showed throughout the, the his his life to me, man, is what makes me want to keep on fighting. And the same thing really with my mom. Um, she's a super strong woman. I mean, from day one, she had to spend a lot of time with me in the hospital. I got epilepsy and Lyme disease when I was a kid, up until I was like 12 years old. And I guess went into readmission, or maybe I forced into readmission. Um, 
it was just one day I was just like, I was playing with my friends and whatnot. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm tired of this. I, I had IVs, you know, in my arm. I took the IV out myself and was like, dude, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. So I would do it all the time and the nurse would come back and would have to put another one in me. And then finally, you know, I had to go to the doctors and talk to the doctor. And she was like, hey, you know, what's going on? I'm like, listen, I don't want to do this no more. You know, I'm tired of it. So she gave me, I think it was like two or three months. She was, if you have any issues whatsoever, you, you have to give me a word that you're going to stick and go back on the medicine. So I gave her my word and said, okay, that's, that's what we'll do if that's what happens. And you know what? Uh, lucky enough, I haven't had no issues since. I went off, took myself off all the medicines, and uh, the doctor let me do my experiment. And I was able to have a very uh, awesome, you know, time being a regular kid as much as I, you know, you could be. I think I was in, I was in sixth grade when that happened. And being able to, you know, keep on going and, and not have issues like that, knock on wood, uh, is awesome. So, you know, you have your you have your battles, and man, my like I said, my mom was a champ. She would visit me all the time, uh, stay with me a lot of the times overnight in the hospital, make sure I was all right and I got whatever I needed. And uh, I'm super lucky because not everybody has that. But you know, got to play football. In high school, got to play baseball, got to enjoy actually being me, being a, being a kid. And then years later, you have another challenge that hits you in the face. And, I mean, it was definitely a challenge, what it truly was. Oh, we're getting some thunder, man. So I'm going to try to – I guess I'm going to cut this off. But, uh, listen, I'm going to say just what I always say. If there's anybody out there that you can help, definitely do. We need a lot more kindness in this world, a lot more people helping each other out in this world, and a lot less of the opposite, you know? Promise you next time we'll be doing an episode about monsters. One way or another, it doesn't matter what it is. Well, you know, either cryptic, paranormal, UFO, whatever. Uh, we're going to go back to it. I just want to try to get my story out there a little bit, Let talk to everybody about you know, what's been going on um, and what it's been like. But hopefully, uh, I hope you all have a lovely day. If you all listen to this and I helped in any kind of way, you know, that's uh, means a lot to me. If you're going through a hard time, just keep on fighting. Keep on trying to push forward. Until that. <clears throat> Sorry. Until next time, everybody. Take care. Nothing but love for everybody. And please don't forget, if you need somebody that needs some help, somebody in need, give them a helping hand. So see you all on the flip side.